the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, it's a Thursday, and there's nothing going on in the country today, so we'll just uh, wrap it up right now and figure we'll talk about something tomorrow. What do you think that work? Sir? We'll we'll head out of here. We'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) The governor is in the uh, studio today, and to say that there's nothing to talk about would be a major lie on my part. There's a lot going on in the country. There's a lot of debate going on in the country, and... uh, for one, for once, I sit down and look at the position uh, that people are facing dealing with the so illegal immigration situation, and it seems to me that the federal uh, Congress has screwed things up so badly. I don't know if they can extract themselves from it, Governor. It's oh. really messed up. Uh, a com- complex set of immigration rules that everybody is trying to follow. Uh, the courts are involved, so it's Congress, but then courts have set so yep. many different restrictions. So uh, it's very difficult, and President Trump is trying different things as to how we can protect our border. And obviously, that didn't work well whenever you were looking at uh, charging individuals that came across illegally and then separating them from their children. That didn't work, uh, and he did the right thing by uh, res- uh going back and and saying we're not going to do that anymore he saw the images on uh, tv said that's not good for america and so he changed that but he's trying to figure out some way to stop that incredible flow of uh, undocumented illegal immigrants that are coming across our southern border and it's from central america it's it's many different places and and it's a tragic human uh, episode that we're seeing uh, and we see the drama on live TV, but he's trying to stop that flow. And uh, it's very difficult with the laws that Congress has passed, but also some of the decisions the courts have given. So what is there any answer here? I mean, the Democrats don't want an answer, not with November coming up. They'd rather let things just play out the way they are, wouldn't they? Uh, that's exactly right. The uh, Democrats are trying to use this as a political weapon and to their political advantage for November. I mean, that's the nature of an election year. Uh, but when it comes to these human issues, you've just got to try to make good judgments and you've got to try to make good decisions for uh, the families, but also for the security of our border. You may have a, dis- a difficult decision to make. I mean, uh, the federal government is looking at Little Rock Air Force Base as somewhere to bring these children and families to. I mean, there, there's two aspects here that impact us as a state. Uh, First of all, 
uh, I sent uh, our Arkansas National Guard to the border to support our border security efforts. And Mm -hmm. it took a governor to say, yes, I want to do that. Well, uh, recently, uh, the you've had a couple governors say because of of the policy of uh, of the families that we're going to pull back our national guard. Yesterday, I had a letter from the uh, Democrat leadership in the House and Senate here in Arkansas that said uh, calling upon me to withdraw our national guard support for our border security efforts, and my answer was very simply no. Uh, they went down Good there in the Bush administration. They went down there in the Trump administration. It is great training for them. It's air support. And they have nothing to do with uh, the law enforcement aspect of the families. They are for support in terms of aerial surveillance. Mm-hmm. And so that's an important mission, and we want to support that border security effort. So that's a decision that I made yesterday, and I'm sticking with it. And I obviously oppose separating the families, but that's changed. And so I want uh, our Air National Guard to get that training down there and to support that border security effort. And then today, the second aspect is that, uh, you know, there's been uh, a review by uh, the Department of Health and Human Services in Washington about a facility in Arkansas that might be used that what we anticipated first was to house unaccompanied minors uh, but now they're having to switch gears and say, do we need to have facilities that will actually house uh, families that are caught coming across the border illegally? And, you know, this is a very difficult thing. First of all, it's a federal decision, as you pointed out, that it's not a decision the state uh, can control because it's a federal installation and That's it's correct. federal property. But I've made it clear that I don't want any Arkansas property even if it's a federal installation to be used that would separate families. I just would be opposed to that. That's not what Arkansans want. But we need to have more details if it is actually housing families in order to keep them together. Uh, And the president is trying to secure the border, uh, house families together, not separate them. Uh, I want to make sure that they have adequate facilities. I hope that Arkansas is not needed in that, but I want to get more information on that. And so, uh, you know, there's a a lot of questions that are coming up today. We're just simply trying to get more information and see where this leads. So let's try to help the listeners kind of understand where we're stuck when it comes to this. The, The Trump administration is trying to do something about illegal immigration. I give him all the props in the world that he's trying to get something done. That he's not getting any response that's positive for the Democrat Party is, you know, very evident because he signed that letter yesterday, executive order. As soon as he signed it, Democrats said, that's not enough. Now we got to do this. And if he does that, they're going to say, well, we need to do this, too. Absolutely. It'll never stop. It's gamesmanship on their part. You look back uh, whenever President Trump went out on a limb did the right thing and said, we want to solve the problem for our DACA children. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just need to have the uh, Democrats to support, uh, uh, you know, what was it, $80 billion to build a a border wall to get that started. And all they had to do was to say yes, and we would have had a a solution for our DACA children. But uh, they uh, didn't want to say yes because they didn't want the president to have credit for it. And for whatever reason, they didn't want to get it done. But they said no. And therefore, it strung that issue out and made everything uh, worse. And now, 
let's just think through what President Trump is trying to do. He wants to end catch and release. And That's I dealt correct. with that whenever I was at Homeland Security. I had to deal with border enforcement issues. And that's whenever they come across the border, and uh, we would generally take them and just put them back to their home country. We'd send them back. Well, what would they do? They, they would just turn back. around and come back again. And so uh, this administration said this is going to be now a criminal offense. It's a misdemeanor uh, for one time, and it grows to be a felony if it's multiple times. And so if you arrest them then— Uh, And if you release them immediately, well, again, you've done no good. And so you've got to be able to make sure there's a consequence for coming across the border illegally and violating the law. And then they bring the children with them, and some probably do it intentionally to know the rules to gain the system. But others, in fairness, come across, they don't know our language uh, they're coming from Honduras. They're coming from El Salvador. They don't know. They aren't following the news. They're bringing their family in because they have a war-torn uh, environment there or gang violence, and so they're coming for their benefit of their family. So they don't know what's happening, and uh, so they come across as still illegal, and that's why the Trump administration is saying, go to the port of entry. Mm-hmm. Go to the port of entry, and you can be processed there. And they can claim asylum, and they can be processed in the right way. So that's what the Trump administration is trying to do, direct them that way. But if you come across between the ports of entry and you come across illegally where it's a criminal offense, then uh, if you want to discourage this kind of behavior, you've got to have a consequence to it. So now we're saying let's keep the families together if we're going to charge them with a misdemeanor or a felony. Uh, then you've got to sort through that. That's a curve that was thrown to the Uh, those operational people yesterday, and they've got to figure that out. This is complex, is what I hope everybody sees. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, to be honest. And like I said, because of all the political gamemanship that's going on, I don't see any kind of solution appearing on the horizon anytime soon. I don't either. You can't pass immigration reform in election year. It's hard enough anytime, but it's going to be particularly difficult this year. And so people want to play politics with it. So I think it's important for the people of Arkansas, one, to understand that this is complex and there's not any easy solutions because you're, you're competing with two great American values. One is our extraordinary sense of compassion, that we're an immigrant nation and we see people coming here and we have compassion for them, and that's the nature of America. And you balance that great American value of compassion with the other great American principle, which is the rule of law. And uh, and those are in conflict here. Yeah, they are. And and I always slide off on the rule of law, but you got to balance that with compassion as you're implementing it. And I think that's what President Trump saw yesterday. What is the solution? Ultimately, it is to secure that border, uh, whether you do it through a wall, which we need more of that wall, physical wall, but you also need uh, in, in terms of a technological barrier there that we can actually protect those families so they don't come across and endanger their lives. Uh, and we can save lives. We can do it in an orderly fashion. But then, as you said, Congress has got to act to reform our immigration laws so they make sense, so that the people in our employers in Arkansas, when they need to have an immigrant worker, can actually get one through a legal process uh, so that we can. And I think Senator Cotton has had some good ideas of, trying to restrain some of the chain migration, immigration, yep. uh, where 
uh, you know, it is so broad, and I think that can be narrowed some. So there's Congress has to address this, and quite frankly, uh, it's, it's probably going to have to be in a non-election year where you can get people at the table and say, what can we do together? And uh, I hope they can, but it's not going to be done this year. All right. Let's take a break. The governor is with us to the bottom of the hour. It's the Dave Ellswick Show on The Answer. All right. Back with you. Uh, don't forget, big things going on at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. We were there live yesterday. Today, they're tearing down about a third of uh, the house that they've been in uh, for since 1984 over on 12th Street and building a, a state-of-the-art facility uh, for Horton's. They've gone from one location that I've known of ever since I've been working with them since 2002. They've now grown to 12 or 6 locations with a lot more in the in the future coming. They got Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and uh, Searcy. This new state-of-the-art uh, facility you have a gate room. Uh, I can't tell you exactly on the air everything that they told me yesterday. All I can tell you is that they've got uh, some of the most interesting 21st century technology that I've ever seen. I went down in the basement to the lab, and they've got a 3D printer that hopefully within the next six months, instead of having to cast, you know, these uh, prosthetics that they they make for people, they're going to be able to literally print them, 3D print them. It's going to be – you need to get over there, Governor. You'd be amazed at what, what they're doing over there. And uh, Gary and his crew are doing great work over at Ed Horton. So know that they are making some much-needed demo and additions over there, and this state-of-the-art facility is going to be better than uh, any other place around dealing with orthotics and prosthetics. And that's, of course, Horton's on 12th right here in Little Rock. Governor, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the, the, the big question that I'm sure is on a lot of my listeners' minds, and that is, there's been a lot of corruption uncovered here over the last few months. Uh, we haven't had very many people sent to, to jail yet, but there's going to be some people going that way. Uh, they've not been sentenced yet, but they have been found guilty. Your thoughts of the, of the state uh, of the state government right now, and, and what Arkansans should be should be thinking. Well, first of all, anytime there is uh, corruption or wrongdoing by public officials, then we ought to take it very seriously and be disturbed by it. And, you know, I think there's two uh, approaches to it, a couple issues that uh, come along. I mean, first of all, uh, you know, is there any uh, greater rules that we can have that would uh, provide more uh, transparency, that would uh, prevent conflicts or awareness of this and, and help, uh, help people do the right thing? So that's a fair debate, and exactly what we're having, and I've made some recommendations along that line. Uh, you know, I think the uh, second part of the equation, though, is that you can have all the rules that you want, and if you have somebody that uh, wants to take advantage of their public stewardship and do the wrong thing, and uh, then that's, uh, th- you know, that's, that's the uh, frailty of, of man it is uh, the human condition and it's wrong and uh, it needs to be investigated and punished and uh, right now uh, you've got a number of investigations going on uh, it it crosses administrations uh, much of what they're investigating now occurred uh, 
back in 2012. In 2012, I was in the private sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, working for a living. I was out of office. And, and much of, you know, they called it the year of greed, according to the Missouri uh, police statement from Rusty Cranford. Yeah. They called it the year of greed. Well, that was 2012. And I was uh, in uh, Rogers, Arkansas, practicing law, uh, not in the public arena. And so this crosses administration, and, uh, and, and then it crosses political parties as well. And so we've got to look at our rules to see what better we can do in terms of transparency and avoiding conflicts. Uh, and I, I think the Senate took a wise step. I, we have to be open to anything else that we ought to do. And then uh, we've got to let the process work out. And when I say that is that, uh, you know, if, if somebody is indicted and in every instance they have uh, resigned from office at that point, their colleagues encourage them to, it's the right thing to do in terms of, of uh, the respect for the institution of democracy and government. Uh, but, you know, until that happens, you know, this constant call for, everybody to resign from office because there's a rumor out there is just fundamentally wrong. And uh, whenever you look at Texas, Kay Bailey Hutchison, you remember her? Yep. You've got a history. In, I remember in, in, Kay very well. Well, in 1994, I believe it was, she was indicted with multiple felony counts while she was a United States senator. Now, I'm just thankful she didn't resign. She fought that thing and was found not guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you had... Uh, uh, Governor Rick Perry, he was running for president of the United States. And and in the middle of his campaign, they filed criminal charges against him that were later abused, uh, dismissed. And so I'm glad that there should not be – every case might be different. Circumstances are different. Those are obviously politically motivated. These are federal investigations. But you've got to let them play out sometimes. And I think the standard of indictment – as to making a decision, then even then you could argue that Senator Ted Stevens, uh, he had to resign the United States Senate, uh, but he was later found not guilty and found that the whole Department of Justice, at least an element of the Department of Justice, was wrong. I also get a little bit of kick out of that. You know, you've got to balance it in perspective that you have a lot of people that are criticizing uh, what's happening in the investigations with President Trump uh, but and not given all of those credibility, and so there can be investigations that even even go down the wrong path, and so you've got to let the system work, and that's what is fundamental about America and about our democracy. So let's take it very seriously, as I do. Uh, let's uh, adopt new rule changes that are needed, uh, and then uh, let's make sure the investigations go on, and uh, let's uh, let's see where where the future holds. Well, we've said on our show here that. Of course, everybody is innocent until proven guilty. I don't want this to turn into a hashtag Me Too movement where people are losing their jobs and all kinds of stuff just because somebody comes up from 20 years ago or something and says something happened. Give us proof. Show us that there was wrongdoing and go from there. But let me do ask this question because you said punishment needed to be melded out. That would mean that in January uh, when the the, uh, the group gets back together, when the General Assembly gets back together, they need to put some teeth into some rules that if you do this kind of stuff, you're going to be punished for it. Like, I mean, do they lose their their ability to, to, to get to retirement pay and things of that nature if they have to leave under a cloud? 
those are all absolutely fair questions to uh, look at. I think that that uh, you know I I had represented a, a Pentagon worker once, and he was convicted, and under federal law, uh, you lose your pension yep. uh, if you're convicted of certain kinds of wrongdoing. And I certainly think that that uh, should be something that looked at uh, as a as a consequence as well. Uh, but one of the things that I've advocated for is that right now the Ethics Commission, if they determine there's wrongdoing in your campaign finance world and how you handle or take uh, wrong contributions, then uh, they're limited to a $2,000 fine. You're going to say, do they need more power? Uh, they need more capability to issue consequences and penalties. Uh, for example, uh, the plant board right now has greater ability to issue penalties than does our ethics commission. Okay. And so I've advocated that that be increased for more serious offenses particularly. A lot of campaign violations are somewhat innocuous, non-intentional, but there are some intentional areas that they need to have the ability to uh, uh, deal with in a more consequential way. They can refer it to a prosecutor, but that hasn't been very successful. They can refer it to the newly quit- committed ethics committee. All right. Governor, I promised you 30 minutes. We're at that time. we got news coming up. I want to thank you for coming in and sitting down talking to us today. Always good to be with you, Dave. Thank All you. Right. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back after the news. We'll still talk with the governor's office. All right, 25 minutes uh, till 3. Again, my thanks to the governor for coming in. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. There's two huge issues right now. Uh, in fact, I'm going to just say that it, corruption's a big, big issue that we're going to, and we're going to be dealing with that now for months, uh, trying to figure out some way to get some of this stuff under control that's happened. However, what's going on with uh, the immigration and that the state's going to be stuck with what the federal government tells them to do uh, is a huge issue right now, and it's. I'm going to be interested to see if it ends up in court because it didn't sound like the governor was all that excited about bringing people into Little Rock Air Force Base. But if they decide that the people are going there, that's a federal installation. That is not Arkansas territory anymore. That is federal territory. And I know I don't want them to come, Mm -hmm. all right? But I'm just telling you, if the federal government says they're coming, they're coming. It's almost like setting up shelters for a natural disaster or something is what it feels like. you know. When I hear the stuff that's going on right now, it takes me back. Now, I wasn't alive, all right? I know I've been alive for a lot of stuff, but (laughs) for this, I wasn't alive. I hadn't even been born yet. I I started thinking about the internment of the Japanese in World War II here in the United States. I don't want to intern people. Yeah. Uh, across this country that's not what that's i that isn't what we are and right. we don't want to have it but what are we going to do when we have a congress that will do nothing that that's where we're at right now sooner or later i guess the people in the united states get fed up just fire them all get a whole new group in there and say okay you guys fix it now yeah i believe james I what it. do you say see i'm with you i'm with you I, you heard how I talked to the governor about this. I don't see anything happening. It's What's happening right now is going to be happening 10 years from now. Well, yeah. the perfect example of what's going on in the gamesmanship the governor mentioned was uh, Senator Cruz's proposal, if you've seen it, would solve. Looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks very good. And that's coming from you know two hard conservatives like us. We It solves the problem, right? So you still get to enforce the rule of law, and you still get to keep families together you know, without that um, added negative to what we were doing before. And so... 
you know, seems like a no-brainer. Well, the Democrats, obviously, you know, they've already said they're not going to vote for it. Um, you know, Manchin's running in a re-election year. Uh, camp might, you know, flip. But we're not going to get to 60, I don't think. It seems very unlikely, and that's purely a game. It's, that's all it is. It is exactly that. Look, Schumer has been at this since 1986. Seven years before I was born. 86. All right. Look, I yeah. was I was uh, in my... What are these, six, I was in my 30s. Well, Schumer is clearly one of the Democrats that don't want to fix the problem. He's a scumbag. <laughs> I, mean, oh, he I is don't a mind scumbag. saying that about him. No, he, he totally is. is 100%. Scumbag. He is re- oh, he just He's makes female me- version of Nancy, or male version of Nancy Pelosi. When you say his name, it makes me feel like I did on Monday when I had that 24-hour virus and I couldn't keep <laughs> yeah. from throwing up. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right? I mean, I just agree. projectile totally. vomit yeah. when I hear his name. Yeah. And it's even worse with Pelosi. <laughs> yeah, oh my. I, just I can't even say her. her name. <laughs> Chelsea, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? You say you've never been on this show. Nope, my first time. Okay, first time around. You're the. Are you like Jr.'s assistant? I'm the press secretary for the governor. The press secretary. Okay, she so does all the real work. You really <laughs> take credit That's for. That's it. Okay, I was just gonna. You took the words right out of my mouth, man. You really did. <laughs> She's doing all the work, and he takes all the accolades. There you go. Now, and the vacation. Is when is he they coming back? back in the closet. I, like so next two weeks. Year? Yeah. Oh, he's got two more weeks? I don't know. I, I, yeah, yeah, two more weeks. God. Yeah, I got you again he next week, right? He's taking his time. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I kind of like having you in here. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more, in here. A little bit more laid back. It's taken me a long time to break through JR and getting where he comes in here and kind of relaxes and talks to us. I, I didn't know he relaxed. Oh, yeah. He, well, he does. I guess he relaxes yeah. in Italy. I don't know if I've ever seen him relaxed. Yeah. That's why he's got to take a three-week vacation. <laughs> yeah. He goes for two and a half weeks just to relax so they can enjoy a couple of days over there while he's there having some vino and yeah. some good food. Good place to go. Yeah. Go there. Right. yeah. Now, you tell me if I'm not wrong about this. Shelly Shelley is a very insightful person. I made this statement to James last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. <laughs> I said, he's taking his wife on their fifth anniversary on a three-week trip to italy what are you going to do on your 25th yeah, wedding anniversary yes um, he can oh. by staying at the luxurious five-star trump hotel in north korea oh that, oh, right, that yeah we okay. forgot about yeah, that i came by up then, with the solution yeah. on air by that you know by then though it'll be up then, and, and make yeah. sure you buy right. tickets to take a tour of the uh the gulag over in the north part of the uh, country there yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to miss all that Definitely want to miss that in the latest fashion designs that exactly. everybody wears. The same. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? I am born and raised in Texas. Um, <laughs> where, where, okay, where in Texas? Dallas, the Dallas, Dallas area. Okay, well that that's kind of that's close to Arkansas. Well, I got to Arkansas as quick as I could. All right. I got married to an Arkansas boy, and we par- planted here. Um, and we've been here for three years now. So your family didn't disown you when you married somebody from Arkansas? <laughs> no, no. My parents love my husband. The majority of my family great. lives in Texas. All oh, right. really? I, yeah, they live in San Antonio. And uh, then the, the other part of my family lives uh, up in Sherman. All right. Yep. Oh, yeah. My Fun fact. Those areas very well. Chelsea's husband and my wife both went to high school together. And neither one of us are from Little Rock at all, and now we both work for the governor. I noticed that she did not uh, boast about that. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, yeah. I'm not the one wearing cats on my shirt. That's true. (laughs) 
Put my put the main the main thing here. Okay, you got it on. Okay, this is a shirt that I bought. I'm gonna stand up here. He actually paid money for this. I did pay Legal money for this. Uh, and cats it, and fireworks. I love it. It's got fireworks and it's got flying cats. And of course, American colors. Absolutely, American absolutely. It looks like America. Where did you find that? Uh, the trash can. Let me just say, <laughs> it, the brand is George. If it's George, where do you buy George at? Walmart. You got it. <laughs> at the Walmart. It's got your answer, though. When will Democrats get with Republicans yeah, to pass immigration? Fly. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Cats Not fly. when pigs fly, when cats fly. Cats fly. I can Give me a pig. I can make a pig fly. <laughs> I don't know about, about cats without getting blood drawn. So what got you into this uh, line of work? Is this what you were studying to do? Well, I went to uh, John Brown University Mm -hmm. for the purpose of communications and public relations, um, moved to Little Rock for a job for my husband, um, and one thing just led to another. I've been with the governor for about two and a half years now, not in specifically this role, um, but man, what a guy to work for. Um, He is just the same person behind closed doors as he is in front of everybody. Uh, loves political discourse, loves, um, you know, hearing thoughts from everyone. From He loves surrounding himself with um, advisors, loves going to places throughout the state and hearing the voices of our Kansans. And, man, it's been an honor to work for him. What's been the biggest surprise about the job? What's the toughest thing that, you you know, that it's brought to you? Oh, Man, you got to give me a warning. This is what I love. The, la- the last week and a half I've ever spent on vacation. Oh, man. Yeah. That has, has been, been a challenge. It has been. And, you know, what a time for JR to uh, to leave and go to Italy. It's been. Because you got several different news stories that have busted happen. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> have been. How about the one that just came out, uh, was it last night, where the state Supreme Court said, mm-hmm. move on on medicinal marijuana? Did you oh, hear about no, that? I didn't. Yep. Well, yeah, they said. Yeah, it doesn't matter that they had different th- forms and stuff. We really? will we will proceed to get this underway. So sooner, I guess sooner now than later, they're going to start cultivating marijuana somewhere well, here in Arkansas. I saw as I was walking in here that um, they did say some some portion of the opinion said that the licenses were never actually issued because of the initial um, judicial action, okay. and so there's a there's going to be a, a significant appeal process by people who maybe weren't supposed to have been awarded the first time i don't know it's it is i, mean, I guess it's going to move but it did sound like there was some loophole to of course there always the is that's the way drag. lawyers make money yeah loopholes you gotta, you gotta make sure that you can continue to churn it through the courts and make as much money as you can out of uh out of it it's going i'm just telling you i i've given my warning i'll give it one more time if you don't get it right get it started the people of arkansas pass this if no matter if it's the court's fault or it's the it's the legislators uh, legislators fault here's what will happen they'll put uh, on the ballot recreational marijuana mm-hmm. and it will pass because people will be so ticked off that you've driven yeah. you've dragged your feet about this that it's what's going it's going to happen yeah. well now it could be the best thing that ever happened to legislators because there's going to be all kinds of money coming <laughs> to the state then because of that i don't know well i think uh the unfortunate thing with this whole thing has been that the legislators did their job the governor did his job you know the uh, the legislative and executive branches did their job um the independent commission did their job and it's been held up by the courts yep. and you know a judicial activist who thank you thank you judge window yeah <laughs> there you go yeah i don't have any problem calling his name 
I mean, it's just the way it is. So tell me uh, another another big story that happened today, and I get you, James, to you can talk about it, and then we'll, we'll let Chelsea climb and chime in here a little bit, maybe give us some ideas what the governor's thinking. The Supreme Court today, huge mm-hmm. decision. Yeah, they said that states can charge sales tax on the internet. Mm-hmm. I saw that. So you know what, everybody's the only thing that's kept that from passing here in the state of Arkansas was just that mm-hmm. the Supreme Court had ruled that they couldn't be forced to pay sales tax. Now they can be. So I think you get to January, one of the first bills that's going to end up being filed is going to be getting sales tax. If there's tax. not a congressional act before that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important for me. I know a lot of people are upset because they see this as a tax increase. And at one point I would have agreed with them. But if you talk to the mom and pop shops, talk to the people on Main Street, you know, I, I know a guy that owns a tire shop in North Little Rock, and he's told me repetitively people will come in, they'll shop the tires, they'll look at them, they'll look at the wheels, and then they'll say, you know, how much is all this? What's the brand? What's the name? And they'll walk out and they'll go order it on their phone as they're walking out because they don't pay sales tax on it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we can talk about, you know, could we, you know, do X, Y, and Z with the new revenue or whatever the argument is, but it really is an issue of fairness. And, um, you know, the marketplace should be, you know, something that is equally fair. Um, and not prohibitive to one, you know, business over another. And I think this is, you know, the um, the way to do that. I don't know what they're going to do with it, obviously, at the state level. Um, and also just keep in mind the, the people that supported this on the Supreme Court were Gorsuch, um, Thomas, yeah. and, and the other conservatives. And the people that dissented were the liberals. Um, and so, you know. Although I, th- I think Roberts may have been in the dissent. I can't remember. But he's all over the place anyway. So We don't know what yeah. he is. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. The Arkansas businesses are the backbone um, of our economic development, and that's that's something the governor has been um, championing for since the moment he came into office. Um, and so it's really just like what uh, James said about the brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shops. Um, this really levels the playing field uh, and it keeps them from being disadvantaged by uh, these huge businesses and corporations that haven't been charging sales tax until now. Well, it used to be that Amazon didn't. Amazon does now. I mean, yeah, and you know, that's the other thing. A lot of these larger online retailers have been doing, doing it. it exactly, exactly. And so, you know, the smaller business, the, the online small businesses have a competitive advantage over our Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated small businesses. And so, this, you know, will just help level the playing field. And again, we can debate what we want to do with that additional revenue. Um, I can tell you right now, the biggest, biggest thing that's going to come up because of what happened two years ago roads that's why they were trying to get it passed mm-hmm. two years or less what they said they were yeah. why they were trying to pass it two years ago is they wanted a, a revenue stream for roads. Uh, for roads however that's a huge revenue stream mm-hmm. i mean that's going to be a big big revenue stream i don't know if we want to see that happen or not and i'm sure we'll have plenty of debate on it <laughs> oh it's the legislature of course they will all right, let's talk to Kevin. He's in Little Rock. Kevin, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Hi. What she just said about mom and pop sh- uh, shops, well, I own one, and I'm only on the Internet. So this does impact small businesses. Yeah, how does that affect? Do you think that that's going to affect uh, businesses that are just on Amazon, too? Yeah, that are just Internet-based. Uh, is this yep. gonna is this gonna slow down? Do you think innovation, as far as that's concerned? I do. Okay, I've I've, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of talk about that. That they think that it will slow down innovation because why would you want to put the money in uh, to innovate 
when they're going to cause you to have to innovate just to be able to collect the necessary taxes. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens, how that all plays out. Well, of course, the consumer gets punished because now they're having... Of course we do. We always get punished. Big circle, it just never ends. It is, and it's unfortunate that we've got to this situation. But again, if you look at the market fairness as a whole... The mom and pop shops who are at a disadvantage right now are—it's because the the way the Supreme Court had ruled and the way the law was structured before, online businesses didn't have to. Obviously, in an ideal world, no one would have to pay taxes on their you know the goods and stuff they sell. And, Wouldn't you know, that be ideal? Yeah, yeah. but the but, sales uh, tax in Arkansas is absurd. There you go. Totally absurd. I mean, yeah. it, it's so high. I mean, it, so I don't know. I have a problem with the All sales right, tax. Take a break. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Finish it up. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, it is a Thursday. You're listening to our time with the governor's office. If you missed him, the governor was on from 2 to uh, 2.30. We will repeat that at 5 o'clock to 5.30. And if it's 5.15 right now, you're listening to that repeat right or You've already listened to that repeat right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish up this hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. James is here. Chelsea's here. And uh, so, Chelsea, wh- where do you want to be in five years? Because uh, you know the governor. Personally, be, or where do I want to see the state? Well, if he gets no, <laughs> I want to know where you want to be. I want to know. You know, you're working for the governor right now. If he gets reelected, five mm-hmm. years, he'll be finishing up his second term. What happens to you? What are you going to do? Oh, that's such a good question, and one I've been asking myself. Um, you know, one thing that's um, really informative in my life is is my faith, um, and so I think that I think that I'm just going to. Follow the Lord's direction um, and and let Him lead me where He will. I, that's how I ended up here. Um, and my faith informs the things I believe politically, the uh, decisions I make, and I think that's um, that's going to come into play certainly within five years. Well, let me tell you what: if you're going to follow what Christ tells you to do, you'll do all right. Just keep uh, keep that in mind. You'll be fine. You'll <laughs> Thank do, you'll you. Do I really agree. Well. You'll do well. Now this guy here, James, I have no idea. What? After, I mean, what? What? What's your? Uh, what are you hoping to do, James? I mean, uh, retire. Camp- you got yeah. You got the campaign going right now. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that here before we finish up, and but uh, that's going to be over pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, November. Yeah. What? What are you hoping to, to do from that point? You know, I'm really not sure. Five years ago, uh, let's see, I would have been a sophomore in college, and I, I ended up finishing. And I remember you being in here when yeah, you were like yeah. young. And yeah. so uh, I was a biochem major. It's finished what I finished with in college, and I was planning to go to medical school, and Bio-chem. now I'm sitting here with Dave Ellswick in a cat shirt talking about the governor <laughs> running for re-election. <laughs> so I like that. I don't really know, but um, I, you know, the campaign is over in, in November, so if there's anyone out there listening that's got a good job, I'm happy to send you a resume. You can uh, <laughs> shoot any job information to me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I really have no idea. Treat you know? with caution. Yeah. yeah. So uh, biochem. Biochem. That was it. Very good, man. I was, I was going to go to medical did, school. I didn't think that you were a biochemical kind of guy. Yep. yep. Biomedical so degree. So how did you end up doing what you do? Yeah, make the move over. Freshman year of college, I pledged with a guy who drug me to a watch party for some politician I'd never heard of and had never run before. And I, so I went. Got bit by the bug. Well, it turned out that I got a job offer that night because it was some guy named Tom Cotton who's running there for Congress. And uh, it, was a pri- it was the primary. And the only thing I knew is that my dad had voted for Beth Ann Rankin. And I was going to Tom Cotton's watch party. And uh, they <laughs> so Tom walks off the stage and goes up to my buddy Dylan. And he goes, "Hey Dylan, you know you've been volunteering with us." By the way, how's Dylan doing? He's doing great. He's Thank actually you. the uh, the secretary or the executive vice president of marketing for Yeti Coolers. Got to get him in here. 
Well, if he's back in Arkansas, he's in he's in Austin now. Oh, the poor boy. I know. I know. He's, <laughs> he's a fish out of water down there. About, yeah, I was just going to say a duck out of water, man. But, yeah. Wrong spot to be a conservative. He offered Dylan a job, and he turned to me, and he said, do you want one, too? And I said, well, sir, honestly, I don't know anything about politics. And I, he said, are you smart? And I kind, I kind, I, I mean, how do you answer that? And I, so I just kind of hesitated, and he said, we'll teach you the rest. You start on Monday. And so, oh my gosh, the that's fo- very yeah. cool. So the following Monday, I think I let's see. So Tom had his campaign manager Doug Coots, who's now his chief of staff. Mm-hmm. He had a state director, uh, and I th- or district director, I guess at the time because it was a congressional district. It was Leslie Nelms, and he hired Dylan Haney, and then he hired me. So I was the you know one of the first five people Tom caught. It's amazing hired. to me all oh, these wow. names that you just said. People that I've watched grow up doing <laughs> doing the gig and, yep. and learning. Yep. It's been fun to do that, but. That that one thing led to another, and I ended up getting a job offer from Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, to work on uh, Governor Huckabee's presidential race as I was graduating college, and I was applying to medical school, and I'd already gotten into law school, and I was like, I don't want to go to more school. This sounds more fun. So that began. What so, I, would you think about coming out now, and after it's all over, and going going into medical school? Well. Would I consider it? Yeah, but I've got three kids now, so that would be a yeah. lot more difficult to go You look like back. a baby yourself. I know. What? He's 16, I know. man. No, like, I'm just kidding. How old are your kids? They are two and a half, one and a half, and five, six months. Oh, my god! But the older two are adopted, so I didn't actually have them two and a half oh. years ago. So. That, I mean, I, that says a lot he looks him. like he's 21, 22, My favorite maybe. quote of the whole primary election was on prim- uh, watch party night. I was on TV. I think it was Channel 7. And some lady commented and said, why are we watching this? Who even is this 12-year-old? <laughs> so. And then I think someone else commented and said, isn't it past your bedtime? Oh, yeah. And someone else asked if it's past my bedtime. So. So young. Milk and cookies time. I know. Right. James, I'll see you next week. Chelsea, thanks for coming. Yeah, I so enjoyed a pleasure it. to have you in. If you want to come back next week, feel free. I'll be back after the news. That's coming up next. All right, 3 o'clock hour. Sully's sitting across from me. Everybody else has left us. I know. We're by ourselves now. I know. You know how that goes. (laughs) Now we can talk bad about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. All right, good that you you stuck around. Uh, As you know, immigration has become a huge uh, question mark again, and it's going to continue this well. I, I... this way i i mean the governor and i i thought uh, c- kind of summed that up really well yeah. and, and he even said he said democrats don't want any solution no, to this right now of course they don't no so it ain't gonna, it's other than just like people keep pouring in you yeah. know uh, illegal you know don't even account for them know who they for are for you for all the people that are out there and saying i can't believe they're taking children away from uh the parents they've been doing this since bush's uh, time in office. Yeah. Obama had 90,000 kids at one time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I watch, you know, I watch not just Fox, I watch MSNBC. It just kills me, but I do it. And CNN. And, uh, you know, I, I've watched, I mean, I watch them all and none of them are reporting fairly on that. And, uh, found out earlier today, I talked about this, I think, off the air earlier that 
the very first images and the first uh, audio of the babies crying and all that was actually from 2014 during the Obama administration. And the media is not telling you that, you know, th- I mean, this has been going on. And yeah, when they were talking, it, you, people, a lot of people don't remember all this stuff. But the bottom line, they were they were dealing with this and uh, there were Latinos or Hispanics saying how they were wrapping people up in aluminum foil. You remember right, that? Yes. And, and what was going on is that they give blankets to the kids and they're, they're those uh, high tech uh, foil mm-hmm. uh, blankets that NASA developed during the early years of the space program. Uh, they keep you very warm. Yeah, but it does it. it you it's end up all looking what like it you're looks like. Yeah. It's about what it looks just like the the fences. Well, it's like one of the guys said that that works down there that that to keep them safe. He can't see if it's a concrete wall. You know, I mean, he's got to be able to. I mean, it's a mess. You know, and the thing I question too. I mean, keeping the families together and whatnot. But you know, it, people. I mean, there's really only I think out of ten thousand of the kids. Um, I heard were um, based, and I've heard this, and I pretty much confirmed it online, and and from what I'd seen on on different news and things, radio. But ten thousand of them aren't even in quite like those are people that were just trying to smuggle them in for human trafficking, or it was about drugs, or I mean, they were all ill in, intended. You know, they they weren't even the parents of these nope. kids. Nope. It's two thousand roughly that that they are, but. I mean, I question the parents. I mean, I'm not going to take my daughter somewhere to try to go to another. Co- you know, if Here's I know I can you don't get separated be, from her, you don't want to be separated. Yeah, don't break don't into do the it. country illegally. Don't do and it. It's, it's exactly what the governor said as well, and that is go to a point of entry. Po- exactly. Go to San Diego and, yeah. or go to some of the other areas. In fact, I say they should build another big old point of entry along. Somewhere along the Arizona or Texas yeah, border yeah. to let people come to yeah. uh, and let them be processed that way. But what is going on right now is is unconscionable what Congress is allowing yeah. to happen. But, you know, the thing where you were talking to the governor about, you know, how they were going to come look at Little Rock Air Force Base today, yeah. the feds were to, to see what they yeah. can do. But then that, already then been here, to be that brings me back to what we discussed earlier about the Flores decision, which was you can only det- you you whether you det- detain the parents and kids and keep them together or whatever. Bottom line is the kids can only be held twenty to twenty one days. They have to be released whether the parents are there or not, whether mm-hmm. they the, they're still in cap. So how is that? I mean that supersedes even Trump's executive order of keeping them together. So how are you going to move them somewhere like Little Rock Air Force Base? 20 days, the kids, by law, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals says they cannot keep them longer than that. So that squashes it to be, I mean, you if, know. If for, for everybody who says this is Trump's problem, that he's the one who caused all this. Yeah. Number one, if you're saying that and you've done any kind of looking at history and done any reading whatsoever, if you've educated yourself in any way, shape or form you know that that is pure bovine excrement yeah that's quarter words for saying it's bs well and now you know this whole thing about bringing them in the states and finding a different offer arkansas for god's sakes i mean we're nowhere near that border you know but uh during the obama administration this was going on every single day and and all those people speaking of that the obama administration Uh let's go back to 2014 okay trump was not president you'll remember that yeah 
uh, former DHS Secretary Johnson was talking about what was going on in the borders, and here's what he had to say perceived changes in enforcement policy in the short term, but it always reverts back longer term to the longer term trends given the underlying conditions, the so-called push factors in Central America. So that's what President Trump and his administration have seen now over the last year. The numbers are 40 or 50,000 per month, and they're obviously very frustrated with that. So in 2014, to deal with the spike then Listen. with the families, we did a number of things, including, by the way, working with the government of Mexico and obtaining their cooperation on securing their southern border. Uh, but we also expanded family detention, which was, I freely admit, controversial. And you got a lot of heat for it. We got a lot of heat for it. There were just 95 beds mm-hmm. out of a total of 34,000 equipped to handle families. We expanded that capability. I will freely admit that I made a big deal out of it so that people could see what we were doing. It was not capture and release, not catch and release. And um, then we were confronted with this Flores case. Flores is a settlement. It was a settlement reached in 1997 to deal with the issue of unaccompanied minors. And what Flores basically said, it was an agreement with the government that an unaccompanied child cannot be held in detention and that an unaccompanied child can only be held in a licensed, non-secure facility. In 2015, the judge overseeing that case, frankly, expanded the terms of that settlement to include families, which... We opposed, and we were frankly surprised at that ruling. And that's what this administration is dealing with now. And so if you read the executive order very carefully, the president saying, okay, it's now our policy to keep families together, but we need to go back to this judge and get her to agree to change the terms Which of that settlement. Happened. No, it depends on so, the judge's permission. All right. Yeah, so now neat. maybe... You know, you who are yelling, chomp, 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 yeah. chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. You're like those birds in uh, Finding Nemo. Nemo. Yeah. You know, yeah. Me, 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 yeah. me. Yeah. You know, chomp, 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 chomp. That's that. all I hear. You know, it yeah, drives me absolutely nuts. <laughs> because they're so full of it because you're stupid. Yeah. You know, you speak from ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. That's what really drives yeah. me crazy. You know, have an opinion. I don't have any problem with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has noses and blanks all right and opinions bottom line but make your opinion something that has factuality to it and and not just where you're watching one network who just omits anything and everything that makes their position look bad or you know the fact that this went on during bill clinton administration and then on into the obama i mean i mean we just heard that the flores decision was made in 1997 yeah yeah that this is why I lay the blame firmly in the halls of Congress. Yeah, because that's where it belongs. Yeah, they're the ones that are refusing to do anything. I'm not saying that there's none there that don't want to fix this, yeah. but I'm going to tell you there's enough on both sides that don't want to see it fixed yeah. because they see it as political gain for it not to be fixed. Yeah, they can for sure. keep they can keep revving up the the political bases. And getting additional monies into the coffers mm-hmm. and getting people to go to the polls yeah. and to vote for their particular side of the issue. Yeah. Could we please try to fix it? 
Well, we could, but we won't. It's not going to well, happen. Well, there's other, you know, issues and, and ways you can go about doing this, not just by actually what he's doing now with them on the, on the zero tolerance deal. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not an expert on Mexico. I've done some research and whatnot. But, you know, there's got to be some. Yeah, it is. And there's got to be some kind of stress and pressure he can put and on if the you president say, of Mexico. And let me could just also, say, I just called it a cesspool. Pool. yeah that's just like i just called it an s-hole yeah okay? and, yeah and start dismantling these drug cartel i mean th- these are the reasons these people are trying to flee mexico the ones that live in mexico the cartels run the government they run everything and uh you know it it, it leaves it an environment that is not uh pleasant or that don't, they can't don't you thrive wish in. that we would have the testicular fortitude well, that's a nice way to say something else. But the testicular fortitude to send some wet teams undercover into Mexico <clears throat> and assassinate the power structure of every cartel we could get our oh, hands yeah. on. Yeah. I'll say it, okay? Yeah. I know there's a lot of people who won't mention that. I'll say it. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, those people are enemies of this yeah. country. Oh, they are, absolutely. And their love, I mean, they, they want this to continue, you know. I and mean, I if mean, I was to mix- Not just people getting across that border, there's all the drugs and everything else yeah, getting across it, too. That's it. I, I mean, mean if, we're not just talking about people. I'm, um, I'm, I'm just saying, if I'm the president of Mexico and Donald Trump called me up and said, hey, don't worry about building the wall, just let me send my wet teams in and take care of the Zetas and mm-hmm. some of the other ones. Yeah. I'd say, bring them. Yeah. Bring them. That's what Sakaro is going to be about. All right. I can't wait for that movie to come out on the 29th. What is it? Sakaro. Oh. It's a, it's a movie that. Is it Sakaro? Is that right? Sicario. Sicario. I was yeah. instantly thinking about that movie, too. That's that's basically what it is. They're going in undercover and they're going to start killing different people in the in the cartels and start a war amongst the cartels well it's i mean it's gonna have to come down to it at some point i mean it is you know um the the but politicians for because they love their positions of power oh sure yeah will not do anything Mm -mm. to jeopardize that I mean, look, we, but we have Trump and Trump's well, willing let's to, hope that to, you know, that's the only hope I have with the, with the president know. is that he's got more money than God right now. So he's not worried about yeah. screwing people to get more money. And because I, I look at uh, these politicians and they go in and they're worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if you take your home and your cars and blah, 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 all of us are worth more money than most third world countries. Yeah. And uh you look at that, and and then they come out, and they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm, oh yeah! All right, they're playing the system, and they scam yeah. the system. And don't think it doesn't happen here in the in the state legislature. It it happens here oh, yeah, as well. It does. We're seeing a little bit of that now mm-hmm. coming out of of the corruption that's happened. Yeah. Uh, it it and guess what? The governor was right in one other thing he said because I've been saying it for weeks now. And that's because men's feet are clay. All right. Every guy or woman that gets elected to a position has the possibility of taking a bribe. No, sir. Some will. Most won't. Yeah. But some will because they just can't help themselves, evidently. But, you know, our our whole election system is fundamentally based on that in, in a sense that we don't call it a bribe. But, I mean... You get money from lobbyists. You get money from here to fund your campaign. I mean, those are that's all influence. I mean, it's it's not 
technically legally bribing, okay, but it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that what was do you expect? Our, when they give you money, I mean, yeah, they're, they're not, not just giving it to, to you because yep. they love you and yep. you know want to see you smile and do good. You know, I mean, everybody's got motive. You know. All right, we got we had a break, Shelley. We got to take. Let me play a cut for you. Cut number one. This is President talking about Democrats, and then we follow that up with the Speaker of the House and what he had to say about the Democrats and immigration as well. Here's Trump. Very serious crisis. It's been going on so long. This isn't Trump administration. You look back at uh, 2014 during the Obama administration, they have pictures that were so bad. Uh, they had a judge that said it was inhumane the way they were treating children. Take a look at some of the court rulings against the Obama administration. They talked about inhumane treatment. I read them. I looked at them. They're all over the place. Inhumane treatment. They were treating them terribly. We have a situation where some of these places, they're really running them well. And I give a lot of credit to Secretary Nielsen and all of the people that have worked. It's uh, it's the nicest that people have seen. But it's still something that shouldn't be taking place. My wife, our First Lady, is down now at the border. Yep. Because it really bothered her to be looking at this and to seeing it as it bothered me, as it bothered everybody at this table. We're all bothered by it. But we need two to tango. We have 51 votes in the Senate. We need 60, unfortunately, because we have the ridiculous filibuster rule. So we need 60. And I think I'll get four or five or six from senators, frankly, running in states where I won by 25, 30, 40 points with Mike. And I think we'll get six senators. Maybe we'll get seven senators. That still doesn't get us to 60. So there's nothing you can do to get there. And people don't understand that. When we have a majority in the Senate, we have a majority by one, but we need 10 votes. So we need 10. Essentially, we need 10 Democrats not going to get them. They're told by Schumer and Pelosi, don't do it because we want to see if we can pick up seats. They don't care about the children. They don't care about the injury. They don't care about the problems. They don't care about anything. All they do is say obstruct and let's see how we do because they have no policies that are any good. They're not good politicians. They got nothing going. All they're good at is obstructing. And they generally stick together. I respect them for that. That's about it. Their policies stink. They're no good. They have no ideas. They have no nothing. The Democrats. All they can do is obstruct and stay together and vote against and make it impossible to take care of children and families and to take care of immigration. We should be able to make an immigration bill that can really solve the problem. Tell it Not to just, him, this, this is one aspect it to of him. it. This is one very important but small aspect of it. We should be able to do a bill. I'd invite them to come over to the White House anytime they want. This afternoon would be good. After the cabinet meeting would be good. They are invited officially. I'll let you do the inviting. Let the press do the inviting. There you go. I'm just, hey, President, right on the yeah, button. Ryan. He's just right on my. We'll play Ryan for you when we come back. That. That's it. why I voted for the man. Oh yeah. I just be honest. Yeah. That's why I voted for Donald Trump. A Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled off parts. I give RD a call. Uh, I got my uh, wiper blade for that 2010 Acadia I got. It's going over to to uh, Joe's, and he's going to put it on my car. Uh, car wash bro- broke it off. I mean, just snapped it right off the back of the car. 
So um, I'm, I'm going to take care of it because this guy just doesn't want to take responsibility for his own own business. But the bottom line is uh, 20 bucks. That's all it cost me. And I can tell you it was a lot more if I went and bought a new one. So I don't mind buying one that was been on another car and it's been well-maintained. It's going to work perfectly and it's going to, you know, take the dirt, take the water off the back of my windshield, my back windshield, not my front wind, windshield. All I did was uh, call RD at 982-7451. That's not exactly true. He was here on the show and we were talking about his business sunnies and uh, I asked him about it and he says, 20 bucks, Dave. I said, sold. So he sent it over to Joe's. 982-7451. You don't have to have RD on your radio show. All you have to do is to give him a call. 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts from the smallest part to an engine. They can get it all at Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right, so uh, the speaker, do we have time to get speakers in there? Uh, uh, that number, was it number three or whatever? All right, let's hear... Uh, Speaker Ryan talking about the Obama administration and uh, immigration reform. Imagine a world where there was no president and there was no Senate. Is there Next any- question. That's a pretty ridiculous <laughs> question. Is there any bill that you could produce that would get out of the House of Representatives? I don't know the answer to that question. We're going to have some votes today. We're going to see. Here's the way I look at this. Um, DACA is broken. The immigration system is broken. The border is not fully secured. These are facts. They need to be solved. And at the end of the day, I really believe we will come back around. If if a bill isn't passed today, we're going to come back around to the president's four pillars. Because the president put out an extremely reasonable plan of his four pillars on how to solve some of the thorniest immigration issues that have been plaguing us for a long, long time. Hey, don't forget for a second here, when Barack Obama was president, for a while, he had 60 votes in the Senate and a huge majority in the House, and he didn't do anything to fix the broken immigration system. Nothing. And they had total control of government. So here we are with filibusters galore in the Senate trying to fix this problem when the Democrats have taken a walk on this thing. So I think at the end of the day, when this, when, when push comes to shove, when deadlines come around, we're probably going to back end up with the president's four pillars. Here's what else I think they should do. I think uh, the majority leader of the Senate should nuke that 60-vote rule. Yeah. They should get rid of it. And, and David was just, so Dave, what happens when we're not in power? Doesn't matter right now. Yeah. We are in power. Yeah. So do what's necessary and, and get it done and then pass the laws that you need to get mm-hmm. passed. Let's fix the system. Have some gonads. News is next. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride. We've been talking about this whole immigration thing. But, uh, you know, Paul Ryan is exactly right. At the beginning, when uh, first first two years, when Obama was president, they had over 60 votes in the Senate, and they had the majority in the House. They could have passed anything they wanted to. Mm-hmm. The only thing they did really pass was Obamacare, which is still terrorizing the populace of this country as of today. If they'd wanted to take care of DACA, if they'd wanted to take care of uh, the border, if they'd wanted to take care of the constant flow of illegals into this country, they could have taken care of it. They could have done it. They didn't do squat. Mm -mm. 
not squat. If here's what I'll tell you right now: if we had sixty-one votes in the Senate right now, we'd pass laws dealing with these situations. Yeah, as long as you, you had real conservatives, real Republicans that that really aren't scared to do it because of political fallout, you know well, that kind of I'm thing. I'm just but saying, yeah, I think I, yeah, something would, would get done. Yeah, oh yeah, and if you it know? didn't, you'd know exactly who was responsible for not doing yes. it. <laughs> yeah, so. Olympia Snow. But anyway, just saying, yeah, just calling names here. Yeah, but uh, but now I agree totally. Or Corker, or uh, what's that idiot's name down in Arizona? Oh, not McCain. You know, he's he's the moron. Yeah, he is the more in moron. That's what he is. Oh. Um, but um, well, what I can't think of the other guy's name. Flake. Yes. What what yes, a yes, perfect yes. name. Yes. Isn't that a perfect name for him, Russ? Or uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Zach Flake. He, now he's the governor of Arizona, right? No, no, he's, he the he's senator? a senator. Okay, he's a junior senator, and he is exactly what his name implies. He's a flake. Yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, I just. Of course, we all say everybody else's senator and everybody else's uh, congressman are bad, but ours is good. Um, let me give you a good example. Uh, looking at uh, Tom Cotton here. Where's my that cut? What number is that? Number six. Let's take a listen to our junior senator from Arkansas. Here's what he had to say about this whole thing. Um, you were going to say something, Tom Cotton? I think it's, it's very important that we protect our border. We cannot allow a child to be a get-out-of-jail-free card and a get-into-the-U.S.-free ticket. Um, but at the same time, as you said, as we've all said, we'd like to keep families together, keep them together at the border for the orderly and timely processing of the adult immigration claim. If it's a lawful, legitimate claim, we can admit the family into the country. If not, they'll have to go back to their home country. I'm glad you're looking for a solution for that. I know that we in Congress are working on legislation that will allow our hardworking Border Patrol agents to keep families together at the border while we process their claims in a timely fashion. All right, play that again. I couldn't have said that any better yeah. myself. Hit it again. Um, you were going to say something, Tom? I think it's, it's very important that we protect our border. We cannot allow a child to be a get-out-of-jail-free card and a get-into-the-U.S.-free ticket. There you go. Stop um, it right but there. But at the same time as you You said, can't let a kid be a jail, a get-out-of-jail yeah. card. You just can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't make it happen. And I know how difficult it is to watch the optics and you see these kids crying as they're removed from their parents and whatnot. It's not our fault. No. It's the fault of the people who are coming into the yeah. country illegally. Somebody, and then if they get away with it, people are just going to keep bringing their kids in order to get away with it because this then, person got away with it. And then I see it. the people who are, are, are making statements on Facebook and they go, well, they're just trying to come to better their life. So how many of these people do we leave into our country Mr. and Mrs. America? Yeah. And how do you know they're coming to vote? Not all of them are. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them have very bad intentions. Me, Not all me, of them uh, do. Let but... me quote Milton Friedman again. Yeah. You cannot have open borders and a welfare state. Yeah. You cannot have that. You will implode. Yeah. You'll have so many people riding in the, in the wagon mm-hmm. and have very few people pulling it. Zach, how much do you pay in taxes right now? Enough? You yeah. Think, you think you pay enough? <laughs> You want to pay about three times as much? No. All right. Well, you know, we just have open borders and let them come on in here and yeah. live off the welfare of the country. Yeah. It's crazy. And again, 10,000 of all these 12,000 kids that are detained right now are not even in question in so far as 
that they even belong to the adult that brought them there to begin with. Uh, I mean, there's 2,000 out, out of 12 that, that are in question and so far. And then you question those parents' motives. I mean, I'm not saying they were all bad. There's probably a handful that are good. But, I mean, I, I mean I'm just not going to bring my kid to cross the border into another country. Well, I'm not going to do that. Knowing nor, I could get separated from my child and break the law. How many did we see during the Obama administration? Kids, seven, eight, nine years old, right on the top of railroad train yeah, cars, yeah. being sent here into the United States yeah. by themselves. And when you heard the horror stories that were going on of the massive rapes that were going yeah. on with these kids. The ones getting smuggled. That, in. It was the yes. par- For God's sakes, people, open your eyes up. How many parents would subject yeah. their own children yeah. to that? Or the open an 18-wheeler up and there's what, you know, several hundred of them in there. What was it, last year or last summer? Where they find them dead in Texas yeah, and back I mean, of uh, 18-wheelers? This, I mean, this is not like white picket fences type stuff here no. I mean, this is some dirty low down i mean this is this is the can't do it anymore if you wanted to see a whole lot of uh, kids that were brought into the country illegally and put into sexual slavery backpage.com yeah that's all you had to do i mean they closed down backpage i think god knows they needed to do that but the bottom line is you know you you got these young you had these young girls that yeah. were and young boys that were being uh put on those uh, those websites and uh you know you know hey hey guy want to have a good time blah 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 mm-hmm. blah and they're working for some pimp yeah. that brought them over from uh you know one of these countries yeah. promising them you know uh champagne and caviar and the american yeah. lifestyle and all they got is hell that's what yeah. they got they got hell I mean, you know, you could also look at that that that's almost saving some of these kids lives by by stopping the, those adults that 10,000 different children didn't even belong to those parents right. to begin with, you know? I mean, it's absurd that people are just I mean, no, a legitimate family being torn apart. Nobody wants to see nope. that. Nobody wants, you know, I don't want in to a see perfect any world, child I would love it for anybody to be able to live custody. anywhere they want and no borders. I mean, in a perfect world, but we're not in a perfect world. Well, tell me what I'll tell you what else I don't want to see. And that is I don't want to see a bunch of kids on the state program needing a place to stay because right. their parents are just scumbags. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite words because it really does basi- basically encapsulate what these people are. Yeah. They have no morality about them at all. No. At and, all. and the, you know, the gangs are coming in through there and yep. this 13 just grows every day. You yeah. know, uh, I mean... Now you got that. You got the cartels. The working. cartels. Everybody's the, working. Yeah. It. And uh, it's not just people. It's drugs. It's money. You know, it all boils down to money. You know what it and, reminds me of? What? Nero fiddled while Rome burned. See, that's what that's what's going on. It's what's going on. You know, they they throw up all these uh, sidebar stories and everything to get your get your attention off what the real story is down along right. the border. Right. And they show you optics of of children. Uh, being separated from their parents, and you take your eye off what the large problem is. Exactly. That this problem is not something that's going to be solved by us building little tiny cities along the border and us, you know, housing illegal families coming across the border. That's not how this can be stopped. 
it can't or be or be solved. Yeah. And Hispanic families always tend to be very conservative when it comes to family. And, and they're very, very, very family oriented more than any other culture, I think. And uh, those those families, I guarantee you, aren't the ones sitting at the border right now being detained. They're not trying to take their kids and cross the border. They're not going to do that. They're not going to risk their family or their life or their kids' lives are getting separated uh, to, to get across the, the border. You know, I, the, the intentions of these people, the motives are not good, uh, most of them. All right. Got a quarter till you got to get a break in. Coming up at 4.05, uh, State Senator Alan Clark will join us. We're going to talk about DHS with him and questions about what's going on and uh, how they can be addressed and what he is planning for the 2019 General Assembly, because I know he'll have some laws that he'll want to see uh, put into place to tighten up controls on DHS. You know, Holland Bottom Farm, yeah, he tell you, the strawberry season is over. <laughs> it has been over for weeks now. Oh. Today's the first day of summer. No more spring, you know, strawberries. They're, they're done. But I want you, you to check. Get strawberries? No. I want you to check this out, though. You ready? Holland Bottom Farm. Fresh from the farm to your table, squash, zucchini, eggplant, cucumbers, bell, banana, jalapeno peppers, plus they're uh, picking tomatoes, cantaloupes, and fresh blueberries. All that's out there and more. Fresh from the farm to your table, eat the best produce and vegetables from Holland Bottom Farm out on 321 in Cabot. As you're uh, traveling down 321, uh, from 67167, because it's usually where people are coming from, uh, go over to Vidoc, and on your right-hand side, you will find Holland Bottom Farm and a plethora of wonderful things to eat. Hey, I hope you uh, heard the show yesterday when we were out at Horton Orthotics and Prosthetics. They uh, Today, they started destroying uh, the old facility, or at least about two-thirds of it, and uh, turning it into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics they have a machine now downstairs in their lab because uh, they build all their own prosthetic uh, uh, legs and arms and hands and stuff there on location but they've got a 3d printer now this is i'll get you a a, a tour over there shelly okay. so you can see it's really cool but they're waiting on the material that this 3D printer uses because Gary, the the patriarch of the business, started it, uh, I think he said, it 39 years ago I think he started his business? He's been there at the same location, 1984. He's been there, but he was somewhere else before for yeah. a long time. But bottom line, uh, talking to him, he's not happy yet with for, uh, the formulation of this this material. And he says uh, he figures within the next four to six months they'll have it done. And where they've had to form molds and stuff to mm-hmm. make the prosthetics, they go in and they use a device and they run it over, for instance, let's say the the end of, of the person's leg where they did the amputation. And they make an exact digital uh, uh copy of the stump and they put it into the computer and the computer then 
using the necessary how long and things of that nature, will be able to print a 3D prosthetic that the person will wear. It's incredible. I can't even wrap my head around yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I, I mean, I'm and not. what's funny is that they sh- this has all been happening so quickly. It's, it's Most of this has been going on about the last five, six years. Yeah. You can go down into their area where they work, and you can see from where the old way they used to do it uh-huh. to this brand new way that they're going to be doing it. I mean, it, it, where is this located? They're on 12th Street, right? They're about two it's miles like a big from here. Factory? Nope. They're two miles from here. A little in a house. Down in the basement where they put they put all this stuff together. Gary, the Patriot guy, started uh, Horton's Prosthetics and orth- Orthotics and Prosthetics, uh, worked with NASA, and in 2000, up until 2000, you could not get a prosthesis that you wore that bent like you would walk right like you had a knee yeah you, you you ended walking like if you used to watch gun smoke you walked like chester yeah you'd lock your leg That's and you had the peg leg effect right yeah. and if you sat down you get you clicked uh, and it released that and you could sit yeah he developed an articulating knee oh wow now it walks just like a regular wow. like you got a knee yeah gary horton did that folks He's the guy from here in Little Rock with with NASA. He's the man who designed that. Is he really? Yeah, he's, he's a smart really man. He, he's, and he's got several other things that he's done. He is really uh, an innovator and has been one of the major people. Uh, is he from people. here? Or what? Yeah. Is he from here? Yeah. Okay. So he's business here. Great guy. Wow. And I, I really, I'm, I, I find myself... Looking at, he was like talking about last, yes, yesterday. Russ had never been down there, and he took us down. And Russ has seen all this, and he goes, "Holy God! I've never, I didn't know." And I said, "I tried to tell you." Tried so to tell How you. did NASA and him get together? I don't have that story. I have to ask him sometime. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, if you got a prosthetic and it bends at the knee, yeah, thank Gary Horton. He's the man who developed it. He wow. really did. All right, down to six minutes here. Uh, State Senator Alan Clark in the next hour. He'll be back with us. Uh, he has been uh, going crazy on Facebook about DHS and about the state taking kids out of people's homes. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with his uh, argument that I'm not saying that you shouldn't remove children from bad situations. Mm-hmm. But instead of just sticking them in homes of, of people they don't have any idea about, mm-hmm. how about if they've got family Relatives. or people they, they can, you know, you want to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, you want to put them in with family if you can. Yeah. I just saw Rose Mims. Rose Mims, come here. I'll order her into my studio mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> See that? I did. I, I just ordered Rose Mims into my <laughs> studio. Have a seat, Rose. Don't don't run. I can I can fix this. Okay. Remember, it's called the Dave Ellswick show. <laughs> <laughs>
I can fix this. It's no problem whatsoever. What's going on? Well, we are launching, you know, our billboard campaign, What Abortion Really Is. It's a web campaign and a billboard campaign. And Ryan Baumberger at the Radiance Foundation is expecting a call from you uh, to talk about this. Our boards are up in Little Rock and Pine Bluff. We're having a press conference tomorrow, but I sent out a press release today. I got that. Okay. So I was just trying to find Ryan's number. Okay. We'll call we'll call him and talk to him coming up uh, here into the beginning of the next hour. And, uh, hey, uh, Zach, when Senator Clark calls, tell him uh, we'll call him back uh, about 20 after or so. Okay? And, and talk to him. Uh, but here, here's what I want to know real quickly. Okay. Somebody trying to call you? No. Okay. I thought maybe somebody trying to call you. Um, you have anything you want to say about a certain judge? <laughs> I already was, said it. It was disappointing disappointing but it was not unexpected or surprising i thought she would do it with the first hearing right but she did wait a few days and we're grateful for the unborn children that were saved during that time but uh you know judge death and i have i have not this is me talking it's not rose all right i call her judge death if there's anything that will help planned parenthood this woman will do it for them she has and yeah you're right about that i mean supreme court didn't hear that for a reason because they didn't need to hear that about the uh the the drugs the abortion drugs they knew they didn't need to go back and 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 look it over and so she's now going to use a little crack in the law to kind of circumvent i think what the supreme court wanted to do we're going to have to go in there and slap her down completely make the supreme court hear it she makes me sick. Could take Man, another two I'm years. I'm really good. I'm ending up being sick along. I'm not just <laughs> telling you. Between Schumer, Pelosi, Boy, and her. I'm just, boy. And all Democrats. What can I tell you? All right. We're going to take a break. Rose, I'll be right with you. All right. We'll talk Rose Mims from Right to Life. We're going to talk to her real quickly when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's what it, it helps when it's called the Dave Ellswick Show and you, you know you fumbled something. She came by to talk about this. So uh, we'll just make it happen, and Alan Clark would be cool, and he'll be on with us, and we'll talk about displaced children as well. Look, if the state can put kids in with relatives, mm-hmm. it seems to me that's the better the better way to go than to stick I them in with strangers. that's what they did anyway. Not necessarily. Not a lot of Not time. lately? Or, yeah, okay. it's, it's not been good. Uh, well, I'll let the senator okay. tell you about it. I'll watch you. You're... She, um, Shelly is like really, really tan. So I don't know if we'll be able to see if she's if her face is getting red because she's getting ticked off. But we may find that out in the next hour. So stick around. You'll see it live on Facebook on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. You're going to see some new uh, billboards going up uh, here in uh, Little Rock uh, that you're going to be they're pretty arresting. You know, they get your attention when you see it. Uh, I've always found it interesting that when it comes to the issue of life, that nobody wants to talk about life, you know, what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when you talk about abortion, you're talking about life and death. That's what you're talking about. I I find it uh, hypocritical, to be honest, that all all the people are running around right now talking about, look at uh, at these— these children being taken away from their parents mm-hmm. along the border, la, 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 la. and 
hundreds of thousands of babies are being killed every day and i don't see this i don't see the mm-hmm. outrage yeah that's going on and uh, so uh, rose mims is here uh also a, a special guest ryan uh, bomberger is with us and uh, uh ryan's got an interesting story he's kind of the guy bef- behind these billboards hey ryan how are you i'm great how are you i'm doing fantastic first of all uh uh, Ryan is is biracial. I bring that up because it's an important part of uh, something I want you to consider for a few moments. And we've talked about this on the show before because we've we've shown movies, Rose, about about this. We've I've talked about Margaret Sanger. Uh, I mean, gone back and I've tried to give people the necessary uh, Ryan and people the necessary history lesson to understand where this whole thought process of abortion of on demand came from and why it came and it, it, it's not uh about uh you know mother's health or anything like that uh in many cases it was getting rid of minorities mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was about i mean margaret sanger uh she didn't like irish people she didn't like black people i don't think she liked any, she didn't like anybody unless they were lily white people is that right she just had a really broken worldview. I mean, when you get yeah, to it was. be the arbiter of human value, you have a, you know, a serious problem with the rest of humanity. And she did. I mean, this is a person basically had no problem with Hitler and what Hitler was doing. She was a eugenicist. If you don't know what that is, that means you get rid of uh, the people you think are subpar. Basically, that's that's what it what it all comes down to. And in a in a a culture now that supposedly embraces uh, all all races and creeds and whatever, uh, we still don't understand this part of the whole story, do we? Not at all. In fact, people want to talk about words like systemic racism. And the definition I offer up, how about a taxpayer-funded entity that disproportionately kills black lives? Mm-hmm. We're talking about abortion rates that are five times higher. I mean, we have to talk about real systemic racism in an industry that, that their mission is to kill human lives for profit. But no one wants to talk about racism and abortion. But we're not afraid to. Right, yeah. Rose? <laughs> That's yeah, right, I'm not, I'm not afraid to either, man. I'd be happy to talk about this. In New York, if I'm, if I'm correct, last year was the first year there were more abortions than live births for black females in New York City. It's actually not the first year. It's okay. Actually, it's been for years. Uh, and last year, actually, it's come down a little bit. But for every 1,000 born alive, 1,039 were aborted. And yet people want to call this reproductive justice? I mean, what kind of twisted sense uh, of, of justice is it to say that to have more deaths in the black community than live births? That's incredible. I mean, that's a positive thing. I, I, my, my, fret, my, yeah. my flesh crawls. Yeah. I mean, we need to apologize uh, to Holocaust survivors. I'm just saying about what what's what's going on in this country, and uh, and people don't want to grapple with it because it's such a it's such a messy messy thing. Because you gotta you gotta look at it and go, we've allowed this to occur since the 70s in this country, and there's been millions of babies. Uh, sacrifice on the altar of uh, cultural selfishness. Mm-hmm. So let me just talk, Ryan. I want you to tell the story about yourself because you've got a unique story uh, behind you. And then, how did you get involved with this billboard uh, campaign? 
Well, my story is one of the, those fringe examples. I'm the 1% that's used 100% of the time to justify abortion. My birth mom experienced the horror and the violence of rape. And thank God she chose to be stronger than her circumstances, not only giving me the incredible gift of life, but also the incredible gift of adoption. So I grew up in a tiny little family of 15 with uh, nine other siblings who were adopted, and we were wow. loved like crazy. You know, my parents are the, the pro-lifers who don't care about kids after they're born. Yeah, those were my parents who adopted 10 children, had three biological children, and loved every one of us. But that's the reason why I'm really passionate about this issue, and through the Radiance Foundation, an organization my wife and I founded, we wanted to message on these issues, and particularly abortion's devastating impact in the black community. And we were just honored to partner with Rose Mims and Arkansas Right to Life and Black Americans for Life to highlight the the huge impact right there in Arkansas. Yeah, it, there, there, there are other stories. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the singer that worked with uh, Billy Graham for years, uh, saying the eye is on the sparrow. You you know who I'm talking about, Rose. You can see her singing, can't you? Yeah, I can see her. She was she was a victim of of uh, she was a result of a rape as well, and she went on to do fantastic fantastic things, saying in front of kings and queens and in front of presidents of the United States and Congress and millions of people at Billy Graham crusades uh, because her mother, as you just said, didn't let the circumstances control. Uh, her giving birth to to her daughter and exactly. uh, yeah Ethel Waters that's who you're talking Ethel about. Waters thank you very much mm-hmm. I just could not come up with her name in my head but uh, that's that's the same kind of a story but nobody considers those type of stories you know they really don't I mean we all hear this I I've been doing this for a long long time so you know I can talk about you know uh, you know Bach and I can talk about uh, you know Beethoven a deaf guy and, you know, had a lot of problems that his wife could have, or his mother could have, you know, done away with him or whatever and did not. I mean, every life has intrinsic value. Uh, You know, it's a God-given spark that's there, and uh, we do not have the right to snuff it. We don't. I think we, we rob ourselves, too, because I think it's the weakest among us that make us better human beings. I, I know from growing up in a family of 15 where a number of my siblings have physical disabilities and learning disabilities, and so many people were so easily write off someone who's not considered picture perfect. I put that in quotes. Uh, it really is the weakest among us that make us stronger and better individuals. Adversity makes us better human beings. Yeah, so let's talk about these billboards. All right, they're they're really good, and uh, I was talking with Rose. I guess we're going to have the the mild billboards. Is that right, Rose? <laughs> right. I, I was telling Dave about uh, you know the difficulties that you had in Ohio putting some of the messaging that you wanted to put out, and and we're we're, we're observing Abortion Awareness Month in the African American community the the month of June and Black Americans for Life in Arkansas. Our outreach also uh, works you know to educate people during the month of June, and so we've done billboard campaigns with Ryan and the Radiance Foundation before. Um, and this this year, I knew about his campaign with the what abortion really is, and really uh, was interested in in having those boards in Arkansas, and working with the same um, out uh, billboard company. I I did I wanted to avoid any problems, so 
you know, with Father's Day uh, in the month of June, abortion has lost fatherhood. I thought was a really good message to to put out on our billboards. And then just having observed Mother's Day last month, abortion is missing this with the beautiful black mother holding her child would be positive messages that would get our message across uh, in a non-confrontational way than some of the other messaging that that Ryan has used in this campaign. So, Ryan, what was it in Ohio that that made him mad? Well, <laughs> pretty much any pro-life messaging will make <laughs> a certain group mad. Yeah, absolutely. So the abortion crowd doesn't like any of our messaging. Right. But um, the outdoor the outdoor billboard company did not want us to say abortion is violence which it is, or that abortion is inequality, which it is. There's, so there are a number of things. Abortion is not health care. They wouldn't allow us to say there were about seven different messages. And it was kind of, it was so arbitrary and kind of insane, actually. But it is beautiful that we're able to talk about um, what abortion really is. You know, the, the website, whatabortionreallyis.com, touches on the fact that it's lost fatherhood. There are so many men impacted by the violence of abortion, by never being able to play a role in this. I mean, there are times when men force women to have abortion, but there are also time, times when men feel completely powerless to save the life of their child. Um, and abortion is missing this with mothers constantly propagandized that somehow their beautiful biology is their enemy. And so this campaign, WhatAbortionReallyIs.com, not only highlights the devastation of abortion, but also highlights the free and compassionate local resources for those who are facing unplanned pregnancies. And that's really our heart. Not only are we standing against the evil and the violence of abortion, but we're saying there is help. There is hope for yep. you. And even for those who are post-aborted, there is hope and healing for, for them as well. Well, I tell you what, Bible's pretty clear about what we're supposed to be doing and helping the orphans and helping widows and things of that nature, I I think that we can carry that over and say the unborn as well uh, is is something that, uh, you know, our God would expect us to do. I saw a, uh, a piece of information uh, here in the release about the uh, uh, billboards. From 2014 to 2016, black abortions outnumbered white abortions in Arkansas even though only 15% of Arkansas's population is black, while 79% is white. Wow. Matt, that speaks pretty clear, does it not, Rose? It's tragic. And for me personally to, to have been working with the Black Americans for Life Outreach here in Arkansas for a number of years and to just to struggle with that you know trying to get people involved trying and we do have some really great pastors who are very pro-life and have worked with me over the years but it's very difficult to reach the community about these numbers i really care about that so many black babies are dying luckily or i don't know really what has caused the drop but our 2017 figures uh the black abortions have dropped in arkansas compared to white Um, the numbers are 1569 for white abortions and 1371 for black and uh, other 307 so uh, so when you look at those numbers when you consider only 15 percent of the population is black it's still disproportionate absolutely And that's not just in Arkansas. It's around our country. Now, Ryan, does that mean, do you feel that the black Americans are being, you know, targeted in in, uh, 
Planned Parenthood's uh, uh, going out and looking for customers? Oh, there is no question. I mean, this to have a historical understanding of who and what Planned Parenthood is, when you understand it was birthed in this eugenic racism, they, they've not ever separated from their DNA. They continually market to the black community. They're involved in school-based health clinics, mostly in urban areas. They, they specifically target the black community with efforts like, you know, African-Americans for Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood black community, which is their Twitter presence. I mean, when they can tweet something like this, this is a tweet back in October, if you're a black Black woman in America, it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to term or wow. give birth. I mean, the well, targeting of the black wait, stop, stop, is stop. Re- repeat that again. I want everybody to hear that. <laughs> this is so upsetting. Could you imagine if President Trump tweeted this? But Planned Parenthood tweets it in nothing but silence. But they tweeted, if you're a black woman in America, it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to term or give birth. That was an actual tweet. That's an actual tweet from Planned Parenthood. Thirty first, twenty seventeen. How disgusting is that? I mean, seriously, that's just beyond the pale, yeah. if you ask me. Unbelievable. It's what they do every day. It's what they do, not just through Twitter. This is what they do through black-owned media, like Essence and BET. I mean, there is no challenge from any of these black, and I, I hate even having these racial delineations, to be to be honest. But these black-owned media outlets simply just parrot everything that Planned Parenthood says. Oh, my God. And yet we see the disproportionate impact then when you have, like we mentioned earlier, more black babies aborted than than born alive in New York City, the home of Planned Parenthood, and yet no one wants to see the obvious racism in all of this? No. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah, and to think that Lamar, I guess it was Lamar that you were dealing with uh, in Ohio, since they, they can, I think they like control most of the billboards. Bottom line is saying that you can't say abortion is violence. Do they do they even understand what abortion entails? You know, it makes you wonder because the same um, corporate executives who would not allow those messages allowed uh, Ohio's largest abortion facility preterm to put messages out that said abortion is sacred. Abortion is a blessing. Abortion is a family value. I mean, how do you how do you verify those things? I mean, that's a very subjective thing that only a pro-abortion activist would actually think. But yet they disallowed our messaging, which is scientifically verifiable that's disgusting yeah i mean it's sick. Well, using yeah. using religious terminology to apply to abortion you have got to be kidding me and these are all in predominantly black neighborhoods this is what happens across the country so whether it's little rock or whether it's pine bluff or whether it's cleveland ohio la it's the same thing they know who their target audience is and and it's reflected in these numbers these hugely disproportionate numbers which you know is three times the representation in the population and that's the same across the country three to four times higher yeah you always you know you hear people will come back after because i've talked about these these numbers that we've been discussing here and uh I talk about how they also just target poor people. And uh, and I, I just said, you know, they're saying you can't afford another mouth to feed, blah, blah, blah. Abortion is the answer or whatever. And I, and I talk about saving babies, and people call in and say, well, you know, maybe baby, better that they be aborted than, you know, they be brought up in, uh, in poverty. And, and, and here's my the statement that I make. You, tell me, Ryan, if you think I'm right here. If that's the case, if poverty is so terrible 
then why don't we just go down in the poor sections of the city or whatever, set it on fire, and as the people run out of the buildings, we'll just kill them all because we're saving them from a terrible, mm-hmm. a terrible life. Apparently. I mean, we don't apply death as a solution to any other I agree. disparity. But somehow this warp mentality that nothing good comes out of poverty. As I mentioned earlier, adversity makes us better human beings. Oprah grew up in poverty. She kind of did well for herself. Dr. Ben Carson grew up in poverty, became the world's most renowned pediatric neurosurgeon. I mean, the list goes on and on of those who rise above. But who are we to be the arbiters of human value, depending, you know, depending upon your skin color or your socioeconomic status, if we don't believe that we're all created equal. That's the problem. That's the problem. They're in Las Vegas. That's the problem. The problem is that there's people who believe that they know better than God and Mm -hmm. that they themselves think they're God, and so they can say who should live and who should die. Mm -hmm. Now, that is elitism at its worst, And 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 that's where this leads to. Yeah. No. And we, we have this history. I mean, we as human beings, I think our favorite shape is a circle because we keep repeating, repeating the same things yes, over we do. and over. We just give it different euphemisms. We give it a different look. But it's all the same thing. Yeah, I, I agree. So are you coming in for all of this that's going to be happening here in Little Rock? I wish I could. I have some other events that I'm going to be involved in, but I'm kind of involved in from a distance. Right. I'm helping provide you know the content, the design, and some of the statistics, and we'll continue to support it via social media. Would love to actually be able to come in, but there are some times when you know it's it's we're a small organization, and so yeah. we can't be at all places all time. Unlike God, we are definitely not omnipotent. I was just going to think. I was gonna, just going to say, you're not walking on water yet, huh? No, no, never <laughs> will. But um, but we are more than happy to partner with um, Black Americans for Life as the outreach of Arkansas Right to Life, and to help support and get this message out and to and especially to just awaken pastors to to understand that if the church is not going to make a stand on this there's going it's going to be very hard to make movement i mean this is the social injustice of our day and if we don't have pastors speaking from the pulpit about the evil and the destruction of abortion uh, this will go on a lot longer well, than, it, than it needs to. It's already going on too long. If it's if, so time if to this, wake up, church. this doesn't drive black pastors to their knees, nothing will. And any pastor, for that matter. That's yes. White, You're exactly black, black, black white, between. Asian, whomever it might be. Uh, this is something that you know it, why it's been allowed to go on for as long as it has. If the American people wanted it to stop, we could make it stop. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. The problem is, it, it's become. Uh, the, the, the really ugly secret that we keep locked up in the closet that nobody wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. And people get really uptight about it. You know that, Ryan. They get uptight about it. You bring it Just up. Slightly. And, oh, you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about that. Why do you want to talk about that? Right. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, but we are trying to educate, and that's what this campaign is all about. We'll be having uh, dual press conferences tomorrow at 10 a.m. at uh, on University Avenue in Little Rock at Lakeshore Drive and then in Pine Bluff at Martha Mitchell Expressway and University Avenue down there to to bring awareness to this. Hopefully we'll get some coverage. But Ryan actually will be coming to Arkansas in 2020. He is going to be our featured speaker at the March for Life. All right. And like I'm so looking forward, one, been wanting to bring Ryan. And Ryan has visited our state before. He's, he's came and spoke to different groups, but he's a 
the genius behind these billboards and many other great campaigns that educate people about this issue. All right, I got to take a quick break, Ryan. I'm going to let you go. What's the website again for people to go to? WhatAbortionReallyIs.com. WhatAbortionReallyIs.com. Ryan, thank you so much. I can't wait till you get here. I got a place sitting right here in my studio. I'll be looking forward to seeing you, brother. All right? Likewise. All right. Thank you so you much. Have a good one now. Thank you very much. Okay, we got to get a quick break. We'll be back. Still got a few things I want to talk, uh, talk to uh, with Rose about on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Rose Mims uh, sitting in the studio with myself and Shelly. And uh, I wanted to talk to her a little bit about the, the, the big uh, news conferences tomorrow that are going to be going on if you want to attend and, and show your support. Here's your opportunity. Well, 10 a.m. here in Little Rock at uh, University, South University Avenue and Lakeshore Drive, right there by UALR. Uh, just um, um, anybody that wants to come can come. It's 10 a.m., and we're just going to have a little press conference to launch our billboard campaign. Same thing will be happening in Pine Bluff on Martha Mitchell, Ex- Martha Mitchell Expressway at University Drive at 10 a.m. with Pastor Jesse Turner. All right, Jesse's he's a good man. He is. He's a very good man. Okay, so uh, where are the billboards going to be located at? Or do you know off the top of your head? I, I do. I have it right here. In Little Rock, we have two locations right here in Midtown, close to the Planned Parenthood, at 12th Street and Canis, there by the okay. 12th Street and uh, Rodney Parham, right there by the McDonald's, and then down here on University and Lakeshore by UALR. And then in... Um, Pine Bluff, the one on Mitchell Drive, and I don't have that. Oh, here it is. On the other one is Highway seventy nine South at Sixteenth Street in Pine Bluff. Okay. Oh. I wish we had more money to do Put more, more billboards. billboards, but it's very expensive. And like I said, we do this in June. We also in February do a Black History Month, you know, outreach also. So at least How a couple is that of going? things. Well, you know, it's it's slow but sure. We're going to keep doing it. Um, it is um, part of our outreach to the African American community. And I think last. Um, uh, February we did some radio so just trying to you know plant the seeds that's all we can do and we have lots of literature for how us. many years ago was it that the movie came out that that was shown about the problem yeah you know I don't know how long ago but I think it's probably been at least five years since we did that screening of Moffa 21 but that's okay, an so, excellent film we try to get yeah, it it's, out it's to, awesome yeah so it tells my, the truth so my question is okay with this information getting out are are you seeing it within the black community a, a more of an awakening to to battle again this is an evil folks this is not there's no other word for it it is evil i wish i could say i did, do see but i don't and that's why we keep trying you know to meet with pastors now we have got got some great african-american pastors yes. uh, iverson jackson and jesse turner dr charles e williams robert e smith you know that that All are buddies with of us mine, by yeah, the way. they're standing strong with us but you know getting the the uh, african-american community the black community to understand it to join with us to lock arms with us not only at Planned Parenthood where their babies are dying more disproportionately at the the surgical abortion clinic in Little Rock where more African-American women go in those doors to kill their children than white women so uh, in your thought process uh, how how long before we can circumvent the judge's ruling well 
That's a good question. I mean, the wheels of justice move very slowly. And if you're talking about Act 577, right? Um, you know, it took us almost three years to get to where point, we were at to another temporary restraining order. So, you know, it, this could play out another two years. Yeah, because the bottom line is this restraining order that she's put in was done this way because it allows them to basically run it in perpetuity kind well of, it's a 14 it? day limit is okay. the way i understand it and then they they now have more time to gather more de- uh, information and data to prove a case for a permanent injunction which is what they had before mm-hmm. and then when it was vacated by the, the eighth circuit that's when they appealed to the supreme court the supreme court wouldn't hear their appeal and that's what made the law go into effect Correct. right away. So um, for a few short weeks, we enjoyed, you know, that Planned Parenthood was not uh, providing abortion services. They have now resumed, and along with uh, Lorac Family Planning for the medication abortion. So we will see. Um, the judge is not particularly friendly to our Now that side. is a nice understatement. <laughs> yeah. you, you are too nice at times, Rose. Well... You know, uh, we. I I understand. That's why you love me. <laughs> I say I, I I say the hard stuff. All right, and the hard stuff is that she's she loves death. That's that's all you can say. And I would tell her that to her face. Have no problem at all. I have no problem saying that. I mean, she is locked arms with Planned Parenthood and has run. Has has run, uh, you know, blocks for them all the time. Yeah, it's what she does. Right. So, um, we've got a long road ahead of us on this this law in particular. Isn't it amazing? I know you feel this way that it should not have taken this long for people to understand what we're talking about. It shouldn't, and basically, it's just safeguarding this women who have this procedure that can have deadly complications you know and for Planned Parenthood to say a 24-7 hotline with a nurse answering is good enough for women on this and even Abby Johnson who worked for Planned Parenthood for many years and wrote a book had this procedure herself and in her book told how horrible it was she didn't have serious complications but just the average complications that you have from it we're put her you know on the couch for weeks so it's not um an easy procedure for women to undergo and for Planned Parenthood to say that women prefer this they I saw a statistic in the paper that said 71 percent of women prefer the medication abortion over surgical abortion well the numbers don't support that more women are having surgical abortions in Arkansas than they are the medication pill abortion so um but it's 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 a difficult procedure and you deliver that dead baby yourself on your own that probably has that has to be you have psychological i would think so you know uh, trauma all of a sudden you see that that blob of tissue is not such a blob after what was the movie you were talking about or moffa Moffa 21 okay is that on youtube yeah -hmm. what is that it's an expose, actually, of the roots of Planned Parenthood. Oh. And, oh. You know anything about Margaret Sanger? Sanger? You know about Margaret Sanger? <sighs> Very yeah, little. Go watch that movie. Okay, then I'll know Let everything about her. Let me just tell you, you want, you want an evil person? Hitler had nothing on Margaret Sanger. Wow. 
And they give awards out now, named after Margaret Sanger, to people that uh, champion abortion. I mean, Hillary Clinton's got one. Yeah. I guess she's got it sitting somewhere in, in, a, so sick, in a high yeah. area. Yeah. But MAFA, M-O-F-F-A. It's M-A-A-F-A 21, I believe. M-A-F-A. And MAFA is a Swahili word that means horror. You know, just unspeakable horror. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to watch that. Then I never heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an eye opener. Yeah, I would love to and see it's that. It's an eye opener. I've I've known about Margaret Sanger for a long time, and uh, the burning bed, and all of her books that she wrote, and how she hated marriage, and how she hates the traditional family, and how no, she, she hated, the one that founded Planned Parenthood. Yes. And, oh wow. And hates, hate, hated oh. Irish people. Hated. Hated poor people, basically. Hated so minorities, basically of her for sure. hate. That's why she founded Planned Parenthood, so she could kill babies. That's exactly I right. mean, no other reason. It was all about it's eugenics. It's not like they're there to really try to help the people that want to have their kids. You know, most of the time they don't go there. She, be- hey, she believed in what Hitler was doing. But there were a lot yeah. of other people during that time that did as well. It's a, it's a very ugly period of our history, if you go back and look at yeah. Lindbergh and a lot of them. That got behind what 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 hitler was wanting to do it's it's crazy it's crazy have you ever and one last question for you and i know you have because here's what i don't understand shelly i think about this yeah people who say abortion should be kept legal and safe and safe and legal or however it is to say and then i i ask him what's the difference of killing the baby in the womb and just a few minutes after it's born. Yeah. What What's the difference? There's what is one. the difference? There isn't one. I mean, I have a baby. I had her. I mean, I, just, I mean, I can't, I cannot wrap my, yeah, I mean, my brain around how somebody can say that it was a human. It's a human now, but it wasn't a human until it, it made its way out right, the birth canal. Right. I just don't, don't get that. Right. One. Don't understand it. Well, and you know, and there you is can no, have there's no born. logical argument for it. Yeah, and you can have babies born premature, or, you know, at six months, five months that survive or whatever. So, if you were to abort them, you know, during that time versus them, I mean, exactly. What's I mean, life begins at conception. It's a no-brainer. It's an easy one. And for all of you who want to say, well, I'm the one carrying it. Yeah, well, let me put it this way. Two of you decided to do something to create it. Yeah. All right? It's your responsibility to bring that life into Absolutely. the world. Sorry. Couldn't agree more. I won't back off of that one. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Rose, no. I appreciate you coming in. How can people uh, help out? I mean, uh, you know, uh, could somebody call you and say hey like i might make a donation let's put up another billboard can that happen absolutely they can go to our website artl.org and make a donation and if they want that to go to a billboard just indicate that give us a call at 501-663-4237 and um, ask how you can help and uh, can you know uh, pastors call you or whatever and you come out and talk with their churches and and talk about life absolutely we speak we have the literature we have materials dvds you know to educate to help educate i'm going to be uh, doing some educational talks in benton um, over the next few months on different issues euthanasia uh, adoption 
abortion. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, euthanasia is something needs to be talked about. It's gaining ground mm-hmm. again. Absolutely. Gaining traction. Yeah. All right, Rose. Thanks so much for coming Thank in. You, Dave. I appreciate you being here. So, Dave Ellswick Show, we got one more segment to do. We talked to Senator Alan Clark. I'll have him on Monday. Much rather spend the time, nothing against the senator, all right? I wanted to spend the time talking to Rose because there's really important things to talk about here. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing Now will help you take care of all the damage that the water getting into your home uh, caused. Uh, they'll do the interior painting, the drywall repair, exterior painting, the carpentry work, pressure washing, insulation, ventilation. All that can be done now by the professionals at PI Roofing. All you have to do is give them a call at 501 687 6246 or visit them online pi roofing or just piroofing.com hey don't forget about my good buddies errol plumbing i've been talking about them for years here on the dave ellswick show earl donaldson the owner uh they do it and they do it right i mean they have the equipment for instance let's say you have a uh, a leak uh, outside your business and it's underneath your parking lot well most plumbers would come in with a backhoe and start digging down through the parking lot and fix the leak. Not so with Aero Plumbing. They go underneath your uh, plum, uh, your parking lot to fix the leak. They can do it underground. They've got the necessary technology to do that. If you live up in one of the, uh, like in the Heights or whatever, and you got the iron pipes, and they've been cracking and they're leaking and you need to get them fixed, but you don't want to pay all the price it costs to dig those pipes up, then call Arrow Plumbing because they can go in and they insert uh, a special material that cuts that coats the inside of those pipes and seals them off without having to dig up all of your beautiful landscaping. Uh, that's Arrow Plumbing. You find them online by just Googling Arrow Plumbing or going to Arrow Plumbing. Dot net. All right, let's finish up. Coming up uh, after news, top of the hour, uh, a repeat of the first hour, which we do every Thursday, uh, because a lot of you are you know driving home, you've been at work, uh, you didn't get to hear the interview, for instance, uh, that we did with uh, Governor Hutchinson, who were here was here in the studio in the first hour. That's coming up after the news at the uh, the top of the hour. So Shelley. Mm-hmm. What did you? What did you? What did you take away today? What What are some of the today things? Today was a good know? day. It was, was a good day. day. We, yeah, we talked a lot Very about this whole immigration story mm-hmm. that's out there and all the things that people aren't aren't hearing about. Yeah, uh, they think that, like I said, that Trump is the one who started mm-hmm. all this. Trump had nothing to do with it. In fact, no, uh, it all it fell on his lap. Started back in nineteen ninety seven. That was confirmed by a Democrat who uh, talked about that. That was Johnson, DHS head, uh, or HHS head, uh, back in 2014. So, you know, it's um, this has been around. This has been going on, uh, the the uh, Flores uh, letter. Yeah. That goes back to 1997. Yeah. This is just a mess created by our Congress, who has continued to want to punt uh, this issue down mm-hmm. the street which is the, what they always do, not only about immigration. How about let's talk about the national debt? Yeah. They just keep on adding to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, for every dollar we spend, we borrow 47 cents from China or somebody. Yeah. And the incredible amount of money going on down at that border. I mean, yeah. oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it's 
it's it, it gets depressing at times. Yeah. You know, I've been I've been at that fight since the eighties. Yeah. And I can just tell you that it it does get depressing after a while. Yeah. To watch year after year after year after year the same shenanigans by these these idiots. Yeah. They just keep they just keep doing what they do and play games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, back, I mean, I was just a young, young girl back uh, during Reagan. That's the first president I remember, you know, Reagan ministry. I never heard anything about You're people get crossing the person. borders. I know, right? <laughs> Not really. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't even seem like it was a, an issue really up until uh, the Clinton administration, really. Um, yeah, it was an issue you know. before. I mean, I mean, look, I'm Reagan, sure it was always an issue, but but I mean, as far as like it being an issue, issue, I yeah. mean, like out of control absurdity. I mean, you know, I see here. That's this, the interesting part of this. That's the way back in in the mid '80s. That's the way it was viewed as as a big issue at that time because there was about I guess about six million illegals. Mm-hmm. All right, and they were trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. So Reagan believed the Democrats, Tip O'Neill and uh, little Chucky Schumer, uh, <laughs> who was a congressman at that time, uh, and they wrote this, and, and uh, uh, Reagan said, I'll sign this legislation. You know, we'll make them citizens. We'll give them big amnesty. Yes. As long as you guys promise that you'll secure the border. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll secure the border after the amnesty. We went through the amnesty thing Guess with what? Bush, too. Never, well, we stopped w, that. Yeah. We stopped that. But, uh, you know, Reagan said worst piece of legislation he ever signed and why he believed the Democrats he could never understand because they never secured the border. Yeah. It didn't happen. Mm-mm. And so all that happened is they made about six people, uh, six million people. Uh, legal. Illegal. And then flooded again to where we're at now. Yeah. And basically what they're saying, well, let's do this again. Let's have another amnesty, basically. No. And then uh, we'll secure the border. No, 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 no. We learned this the hard way. Now let's secure the border. Yeah. And then we can talk about how these people can work into being citizens of the United States. And it's States. only going to get worse and worse and worse. I mean, it, obviously, that's all is you've got to stop the bleeding. You've got to stop. You've, I mean, it's... How's the old saying go, Shelley? If you want to get out of the hole, you got to stop digging? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, how much longer... I mean, the, we, the, the country can't sustain this. If for, you keep digging... Anymore. The hole gets deeper. It's just yeah. the way it works. Yeah, I mean... And that's the way it's going. The way it's and if it, this just continues on and nobody ever does anything about it, I mean, we will implode eventually. I mean, it's just you know. I appreciate you coming do. in. Oh, thanks, I, Elizabeth. I will be back. Being here. She'll be back yeah, next week. Elizabeth. She'll be here with us. She's had just a ton of things to do. She she was doing some work on a FOIA request, and oh. so she's working on that. And then she said something about her lawn sprinkler had to be fixed. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see her last it was week. Something so I'm had, sick. had to be done. Yeah, well, you you got sick last week. I was sick Monday. Oh no! Did you have that twenty four hour virus? Mm-mm. Oh man, I did. Woo! It was ugly. Did you? Were you here? Did you get to no? Come no, I'm no come I did. It hit me at three in the morning Monday, and let me just tell you what: there was no way I was coming. <laughs> that was not happening. It went through my whole family. Oh, I told you. I told you yesterday that uh, Chris hadn't got sick yet. He got sick yesterday, so every member of the Just family like now yeah. has had that twenty-four hour 
I don't know if retrovirus or nan- nanovirus or whatever. We got they the call. flu one year at Ooh. Easter like that with my my Joga had it, and then my mom got it, then my dad got it like within thirty minutes of my mom, and then I got it like six or seven hours later. Oh, wow. it's horrible. Well, at least horrible. at least we did by day. All right, Thursday was my grandson. Friday, my daughter. Um, then my wife on a Saturday, my my son-in-law on Sunday, then me on Monday, and then my uh, my son on Tuesday. So not everybody was down at once. Yeah, nobody, not everybody was fighting over the bathroom. The bathroom, that's That good was thing. not happening. It was yeah. bad news. All right, out of time. Don't forget that we got the governor coming up. You'll want to hear what he has to say. The two main topics, immigration and corruption. That's all coming your way. <laughs> we'll see you next Thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 